Coach, before we get into this episode, I wanted you to know that we really take a deep dive into 1-3-1 zone offense. One of the reasons that we're doing that is we think that you might be interested in our 1-3-1 zone offense package through the Coach's Edge. All of our Coach's Edge members get access to this already, but we wanted to open it up to the public. So if you're interested in becoming a better coach when it comes to attacking the 1-3-1 defense, we've put that together for you. The Coach's Edge is all about giving you an edge as a coach. There's five of us that contribute to coachesedge.coach to help coaches from the college level and from the high school level help build their program, build their team. And one of the ways that we do that is providing presentations and course overviews on specific subjects like the 131 zone offense. So you can check the link in the description below and it will tell you a little bit more about what all comes with our 131 zone offense package. But in a nutshell, it's 35 plus minutes of video presentation on fast draw, breaking down the eight principles of attacking the 131 zone. And then it comes with a PDF of court diagrams, breaking again down those concepts on the court. And then there's another set of PDFs that are all 131 zone offense quick hitters, really great stuff. And we know that you'll benefit from taking advantage of uh, our program. So while you're listening to this podcast, hit that link in the description below, check us out. And again, if you have any questions, you can hit me up, contact at CranberryBasketball.com. Thanks. Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer alongside Coach Tro of Brown City High School. Thank you for joining us today as we dig into zone offense, particularly touching on a 1-3-1 zone offense. So we really hope that you guys dig in and grab your notebook, get the pencil and paper, whatever it is, because Coach Troshak has done a phenomenal job breaking down both concepts, quick hitters, offensive philosophies that give uh, – that a big time edge for teams that use it. So Coach Tro, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Doing great. Um, looking forward to talking a little 1-3-1, uh, attacking it um, and getting scoring opportunities out of it. Um, so yeah, go ahead, let's dive in, Coach. So my first question for you is, it's okay, mid-January right now. Most uh, teams across the country are in the thick of their basketball season. So why this topic? Now, why zone offense now? Uh, zone offense is always um, a great topic to dive into. And it's something that I continue to learn about from other coaches yourself. And, you know, this time of year, whether you've been starting, you've already started playing, or whether you're about to start, like in the state of Michigan, um, you're probably going to see a zone. So let's say you tore up a team in man-to-man -man the first time you played them, they might throwing a zone at you. Um, let's say it's early in the season, like in Michigan, you might see some zone, especially with the limited amount of practice, especially right now we can't have any contact in practice. So teams might decide to do play a little more zone this year. Also with masks, they might play more zone just to conserve some energy, or maybe they have some players that didn't come out that normally would with it being such a different year. Um, they might play a little more zone. So I think it's best for be prepared 
um, to play a zone and one that usually throws teams off is a one, three, one, because most teams are going to be somewhat prepared for a two, three zone. And I know zone offenses can be, be manipulated for a two, three to a one, three, one to a one, two, two. But when your players don't see it, you know, live in practice, um, it's, it's really tough to prepare for a one, three, one. Um, and, and oftentimes the first time you see it, it really kind of throws your team off. So it's, it's good thing to dive into as a coach, especially this time during the year. And there's a handful of coaches that I work with in the state of Michigan. I'm not going to give out any names because some of the coaches we work with are playing against other coaches that, that I work with, but I can, I can tell you because of all the things that you emphasized because of, you know, different types of practice, the amount of time that teams are able to spend in practice. There's a, plenty of teams out there that are going to be playing more zone defense than they have in the past. And if you've been off for a really long time, there's a saying, and I don't know who, who said it, but you can coach against a man, but you got to play against the zone. It's really tough at the beginning of the season when you're just getting back into it. You haven't got a ton of reps in already. And then there's some type of zone defense and a one, three, one is a perfect example. So as we dig into that, what are some ways that we can really look at attacking a one, three, one zone? You know, the interesting part about the one, three, one zone, and I don't know yourself as a player, as a coach, most teams will go to a dice look. That's the popular look. That is what I would expect if I'm running a one, three, one zone. I would expect, you know, that two guard, um, either somebody flash into the middle or somebody set in the middle and that kind of the dice look, the, the two, one, two look. Um, so I think it's important to understand what the one, three, one zone is trying to do, because if, if, if you understand what they're trying to do to you, you can be one step ahead of them, hopefully in their rotations, you know, a little bit of the, the weaknesses. So as a coach, you know, if you struggle against two, three, or your teams have struggled against two, three in the past, I would encourage you put it in a two, three zone or research it um, and understand the strengths and the weaknesses. So same with the one, three, one, understand the strengths and the weaknesses and, or what that one, three, one's trying to do. I know there's different variations of the one, three, one, um, but that's a good place to start is for example, a one, three, one zone, you talk to any coach that's running it, they don't want any direct passes. All right. They want to get out and passing. You know, so the more you can move the ball and be a step ahead of the defense with direct passes, it's going to benefit your team. Another thing is it's a little susceptible to um, rebounding, offensive rebounds, getting up second chance points. So another thing you go over your rebounding tactics, like you want to spray the backside. If the ball come from a shot on the right side, you want to get to the front of the rim. You want to get to the left side, um, the backside of the rim. Uh, other things is against any zone. Um, one principle is always make triangles. All right. You know that they might be trying to trap or they're more of a matchup type of one, three, one. But if you make a triangle with, I'm the offensive player, and I know this stuff's easier to see in diagrams and film. If you make a triangle with the two closest defenders, then really they have to make a choice of who, who's going to guard you when the ball comes to you. So those are a couple like overlaying principles. Attack the glass against it. You want direct passes against the one through one. You want to make triangles against the two nearest defenders. And then the last thing I would say is, and this goes for any offense, is engage two and C4. So E2, C4, it's a common saying, you know, I think I picked it up from 
a recent book that I read, but I know it's a PGC thing, um, which just means engage two defenders, see your four offensive teammates. All right, so if you do that against the zone two, and in the one through one breakdown that we're talking about specifically the, the videos, uh, we get into a couple of those things, but more from a different variation. So do you want me to dive into one variation or you got any one specific you want to discuss first, Coach Kramer? Oh, this is great stuff. And I'll just add <clears throat> before we dig in a little deeper that, you know, the one three one is really good de depending on how it's played of keeping the basketball up, like keeping the basketball up above, say that where like the coaching boxes and players holding the basketball for a longer period of time over dribbling the basketball against the zone, letting the defense load up and having multiple defensive eyes on the basketball. So there's things that the one three one can do that are really, really difficult. Um, there's many ways that you can attack it, which we're, we're going to get into in a moment. But what you mentioned was you put together uh, essentially eight principles that coaches can use to attack a one three one zone. You put that together with a couple PDFs of the concepts, and then you put another set of PDFs together of quick hitters against the zone you've played a zone. You've played the one through one before. You've obviously played against, coached against the one through one zone. Same as myself. I've coached a one through one when I was a player. I've played the one through one defense. So we went back and forth, talked about a couple things, but you essentially put this course or package together that all of our coaches can get access to. This is something that all of our coaches edge members already have access to in their membership. I've talked to a handful of coaches who are like, hey, when can I get in? I said, well, I'm not opening it up for a while, but we did want to give coaches that are interested in, in zone offense a taste of some of the stuff that we provide for all of our coaches. So that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast. And if you'd like to get that course, that package, we'll put that link in the description of this episode below. So you can get you know, the whole video course, the PDFs, really great stuff going into much more detail Obviously, the visual aspect of it is is necessary if you're really going to break down zone offense. We want to give that give that to you guys. So hit that link in the bio after you finish this episode. One of the things that you broke down in that segment was how we can look to attack from the elbows, from the inside of the defense. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's kind of a unique way to attack a one through one. As I mentioned, most teams you'll see with that dice look, 2-1-2. Two, two. So if you go with one, more of a 1-4 high look, it's going to kind of take the defense a little by surprise, and you're going to have to see how they adjust. But if you can get the ball to the elbow, so let's say, and I'm going to try to paint a picture. Um, let me know, Coach, if uh, you, you get confused, because if you're confused, then I know the listeners would be. Um, it's best on to diagram or see in a video. But... Um, if we were one for high look and we pass it to, let's say the right elbow, that keys the left elbow just to dive hard right to the front of the rim. That might be just a high low opportunity. And what that's gonna do is the wing on the left side of the defense is gonna have to kind of drop down too. All right. And then you either have a skip opportunity to your left wing or the point guard that had just passed it to the right elbow is also filling that backside. So you're almost doing two principles by overloading the zone on that. So with that, obviously you get it to the elbow. You're first, you're telling your player attack. I mean, you want them to score from the elbow. You got a guy that can shoot. You got a guy that score attack from the elbow. After that, you're looking for the dive. All right. You're looking for your partner that is diving to the rim. 
um, high low opportunity. From that, you got your skip, all right, to the opposite wing, opposite corner, you know, using the, the triangle method of making triangles with the cl two closest defenders. And then you got your point guard filling over for another skip opportunity. Once you get that, you're gonna have numbers and you wanna attack the middle of that one three row right down the highway is what we would call it. Like kind of the lane lines, you attack right down the middle. Um, so that would be one way to attack it that we broke down in the video, um, playing through the elbows. I wanna emphasize there's so many, <clears throat> there's so many players that are uncomfortable playing from the elbows. So when we say elbows, we're not talking about catching it you know, just inside the three-point line, 17 feet away from the basket. We're talking around the free throw line coming across to the elbows where you could face up and you could shoot it, you could drive it. Getting the basketball there makes you so dangerous because, as you said, C4, you can make an efficient pass to every location on the court because you have it there. But when you catch it there, you have to be a threat. You know, I was watching game seven, of I want to say the the 2002 Western Conference Finals against the Lakers and the Sacramento Kings and Chris Webber caught the basketball a lot at the high post but for some reason he stopped facing up and he would he would get the pass he would turn his back to the basket and try to hand the basketball back to Mike Bibby and so what did Shaq do Shaq just clogs up the paint shuts everything down and as we know, that was the best chance the Lakers had to lose in that three-peat was in that game seven uh, overtime victory in Sacramento, one of the only times um, that uh, a game seven game has been lost on somebody else's home court was, was that game. You have to be a player that can catch the basketball and have a little bit of the Swiss Army knife. So as I say that for coaches, what does that mean to you is so many times we automatically put a big at the elbow. And I, I can tell you from firsthand experience, there's been players that we've had that may have been our shooting guard. We put them at the elbow instead. So they catch it at the elbow. They can handle, they can pass. Are they undersized compared to who's guarding them? Yeah, but they're also a lot quicker than who's guarding them. And they did a lot of damage at the, at the high post. So find the players that fit the locations, the pieces of how you're going to attack. I know you probably will bring that up later, so I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I think that's really important to mention. Screening is another key that you broke down in your video presentation. So what are some things that we can do screen in the one through one Yeah, before we get screening, you hit it. You get your personnel knowing where they're supposed to be, setting the table. Your point guard tells them, you know, who should be at the elbow. That That is... I'm glad you mentioned it because, yeah, you could run these concepts or you could run the quick hitter package that comes with it, but you have to have the right players in the right spot um, and you have to have your playmakers in the right spot um, in order for it to be effective. Um, if you don't have that, it's going to be great offense, but you're not going to get the result that you want out of it. Um, and in screening, the, the zone brings me to one. Uh, the next thing is if you're screening the, the zone, there's one spot that or two spots we talk about in the video is uh, the bottom. So the bottom of a one three one is usually an athletic player that almost can play from sideline to sideline. Um, you know, they're active. If you can make that player's life more difficult, um, it's going to help you out um, from the offensive end. So you could run out of like maybe a two three alignment. Um, you could run it out of a one 
you know, or a two, one, two, you can do it however you want, coach, but you're screening that bottom guy and you're making his life tough. Um, let's say it's out of a two, you know, a two, three alignments. You got two guys split in the top and then you got three um, on the baseline. You want your shooter, basically, he's going to run or she is going to run from baseline to baseline. And the other two players on the bottom of the zone are basically boxing in that bottom player. So we know that player wants to try to get to the corner, um, whether it's for a trap or just to cover the corner. Um, so if I can screen them and then I can seal them, and I know it's kind of an illegal screen, you might say, but if I can screen and seal, it's going to make that player's um, life uh, more difficult. And then my shooter's got an opportunity in the corner. And then let me rewind. So let's say we got our two guard front, if you're, if you're tracking me, coach, and we pass it to the left slot of that. And then we got our baseline runner runs all the way to the left corner. And we got a guy that pins in the bottom, all right? And then we're gonna take the backside guy to flash him. And he can flash either low or high, depending on how the defense adjusts. Usually the high post is kind of open around that elbow area. And then you're working on, it's an overload. So it's another principle working on top of each other. You're working on screening the bottom of the zone and then creating an overload. Just like in the beginning, we played through the elbows and also created kind of an overload against the zone. Um, so that's one way to just screen the bottom, make that guy or girl's life really tough because a lot of times they have to play sideline to sideline and you're going to get a shooter, a look, or you're going to be able to penetrate and puncture the middle. And we know against any zone, if you penetrate or puncture the middle, it, it's good for your zone offense. All right. And then you can make that continuous where you swing it back the other way. And again, you're screening the bottom of the zone. Your shooter's running from who they used to be in the left corner. They're running from the right corner. Um, so those are, that's one way to screen the zone, which is uh, screening the bottom of the zone. I love it. And if you haven't had the chance to listen to our one through one defense episode with coach Donovan, I highly recommend going to, to that one as well. Cause we're really talking about both sides of the coin. You know, he does a great job explaining Frankenmuth and, and their defense and big part of why they've been so successful is their one through one defense. Also had an episode where I talked with Coach Boyce about winning a year-round program. That was maybe November, December that episode came out. They also want to run a one-three-one defense. We talked about that, just touched on it a little bit. Um, and so this is, I think it's becoming more of a common defense that's being used, uh, at least with the coaches that that I often work with. So I definitely recommend going back to listening a few of those, those episodes. So you talked about screening the the bottom or like coach Don might have called it the warrior spot, something like that. Um, are there any other good locations to screen a one, three, one zone? Yeah, I, I think if you can, there's a couple different, you could screen the top with a double screen. Um, that's in one of the quick hitters, I believe um, you'll see in the package. Um, but also when we break down, that's a little more, you can fit it into your offense anyway. It's just screening the wing. All right. And what, what what this is good for is if the one three one is a little more of a matchup, a little less aggressive, they're not out as wide, um, you can what most coaches are going to call a pin screen or a push screen. And what that would do is let's say we're in that dice look, that two one two, and we pass it from one slot over to the next one, and then we swing it to that corner. All right, the defense is going to rotate, and then we swing it back to the wing. So we've swung it all the way to the left corner, not swing, I guess it would just be pass back to the wing. Uh, we've swung it all the way to the left corner. We pass back to the left wing 
But what we're doing is we're pushing in that the defender on the left wing. And I know it's it's a lot easier to see on diagram, but basically you kind of pin that defender because you know they have sank in a little. They have kind of gone into a gap and you pin them and then you flood behind them with, with the other guard. So what that's going to do is it's going to allow you to get a good shot opportunity or if the defender runs out and fights through the screen, you can pass it and puncture the middle of the zone. And then you always have a dive opportunity and a skip on the backside. Um, I know that you've kind of um, done something similar um, when you were coaching with this one. Uh, you mentioned it to me, but yeah, it's a pin or a push screen on the top of the zone. Best use against maybe a team that likes to kind of pack that guy in or not as aggressive, more of a matchup on one, three, one. Yeah, it works really well against more of a matchup, you know, man principle type one, three, one zone. Um, everything you said right on the money makes perfect sense. Even something, something as simple as, okay, I caught it on the wing and I pass it down to the corner and now I'm on the wing and I step in and screen my guy. And then the guy from the elbow or the top of the key just comes over, fills behind me. They're getting a pass from the corner, catch and shoot three. That defender fights over. Now essentially I'm slipping and attacking the basket into, you know, that bottom defender on the bottom of the one, three, one should be in the corner. He was guarding the basketball there. So now we're really looking at a two on one, or maybe I just have a big gap to go and score. If the weak side or the middle player on the one, three, one isn't there to help. So there's, there's a lot of good things that can come out of screening. And as every coach knows, it's not just the person that you're screening for often, you know, especially if it works once, maybe twice, that screener is going to be open on the next one. And so essentially, yeah, you're screening the zone, but a lot of times that screen is coming off some form of overload in a certain spot because you're screening. You got two people generally in one spot, and that's going to open up some other opportunities that are really effective as well. What, uh, what are some other ways that we would overload a zone to be, to be effective besides your traditional, you know, putting a player in the corner, putting a player on the wing and what have you? Um, yeah, as we mentioned, um, a lot of these principles we've talked about in, in the video and in, that has PDF, they kind of build on top of each other and they layer on top of each other. And overloading is one that you'll see throughout the video and then talk about, about a couple specific ways to get to an overload is one like a shallow cut. And what we mean by that is if we have almost like a one, three, one offensive look, we pass it to, let's say the right wing area. Um, then the point guard just kind of shallow cuts and just overloads that side. And there's two ways you could do this. Um, first is maybe they shallow cut to the wing. And then you send, you really want to overload the defense. They shallow cut to the wing. And then you send the opposite wing through and go to the corner. So you have three players almost like in a line. And I believe Coach Donovan might have talked about this a little on the podcast. Um, but you would have somebody like wing I would maybe say almost like entering the slot area. Then you have your other player on the wing and then your other player in the corner. And then you have your bottom person screening the bottom and ceiling. And that's going to be tough to guard. You basically make a box in that corner of, of, got, of options to, you got a shot in the corner, you got wing, you got a high post, you got short corner slash post area. Um, so a shallow cut is one way to overload um, a zone. All right. 
Um, another way, and probably one of my favorites, is cycling a cutter through. It takes time um, and some precision, um, but when it's run and the timing is right, the defense almost like doesn't know that a cutter has cycled through. And they're like, where did this guy come from? And you get a great look out of it. Um, so cycling a cutter, you can do it a couple different ways, but it's helpful if you have like a one, three, one setup and you pop the guy that's in the middle or the girl that's in the high post is what most coaches would call it. So walking through it, let's say it's a one, three, one, look, we pass it to the right wing area. Um, and then the right wing kind of passes it right back to the, the right slot. And this is where the, the post is going to pop out. So you reverse it. And this is where you're going to get some direct passes, which really hurt a one, three, one defense. So now the ball's in the left slot and the two guys that had just touched the ball, they cycle through and one of them will end up on the wing and the other one will end up in the corner. So it's an overload. Like we talked about, like coach Donovan talked about where there's like kind of three guys on that sideline, but it didn't happen. Like you set them there. It was the ball had been on one side. It's been reversed and you cycle these cutters through um, so they, like I said, they almost appear out of nowhere. At least that's how the defense, like where this, they might see the one guy coming and then the next girl or guy that cuts through is really where it gets open. And again, you're screening the bottom of the zone, um, pinning that person in and looking to post up. And there's also, you know, a flash to the, the high post area. So those are kind of common themes we talk about, you know, corner, low post, short corner, um, high post area, elbow area. So that's another way um, to overload the zone, which I really like. Oh, that's great stuff. And you're putting them into those spots by cycling them there instead of bringing the basketball up and setting them in those positions already. And one thing that players can do is try to occupy that wing defender on the one, three, one by a slight dribble, trying to drag them up, but making sure that they're not dribbling so much to the middle that they just pass them off to the next defender who's on top of the one, three, one. So, you know, if you're trying to envision this and you're like, there's too many guys and not enough spots, which means one defender can guard two. That's not what coach Tro is, is talking about. You know, he, as he mentioned more of the slot, or if, if you pass it to me and you're getting ready to cycle through and I'm on the wing, can I drag that wing defender up slightly, right. To create a little more space. And now somebody's going to have to guard me. Right. And, and so if, if they stay with me by me dragging them up, that's really going to put them in a, in a bind when we cycle those other cutters, cutters through. That's really, that's really good stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, coach. Go Anytime you can drag a player out of their zone area and then throw it back to that zone area, that's tough. Mm -hmm. Worst against a two, three, if you get the ball kind of in the corner area where the, in the bottom block comes out, bottom of the zone comes out and you dribble up a little higher and throw it back that short corner or that corner that players left their zone they vacated it they've kind of gone a little too far and like you hit like you said though you can't go too far where that gets passed on right. um but i just want that's a great great point and thanks for catching it because i'm totally missed it coach good stuff oh that's i mean that's just a really important piece that players can do and um another thing that you brought up in that was the short corner which i know we had talked about a little bit when you were designing the videos and talking about how had some of the, my team's gotten hurt from, you know, using the one through one and teams deciding how they were going to attack it. And that's from getting the basketball to the short corner. So what are some ways that we can attack it from there? 
I think uh, first and foremost, you got to have two things. You got to be able to get the, a plan to get the ball to the short corner, kind of like we talked about, which is that dribbling that, you know, that bottom guy out or against a one through one. So it might be a little easier to get a short corner because the defense doesn't have so many guys in the lower area of the court. Um, and the second thing is that we already talked about that is, but is huge when we're talking short corner is who are we passing it to in the short corner? Uh, this player has to be kind of a playmaker and what our reads are when you get the short corner, it's a, it's attack. So you catch it, you kind of inside pivot, you get your shoulder on uh, the defender and you power up and finish if, you, if that's the type of player you are. And that's the read you, you see. The second is you, you, you square up, you don't, you don't have that advantage. You don't think you can take it. You have your teammate diving to the front of the rim. So you have attack, dive to the front of the rim. All right. And then if that's not there, you have your skip pass opposite, um, which also is going to hurt um, a 1-3-1 one, one, um, zone defense with uh, any defenses, but a nice skip pass because then you can get the ball the opposite side and attack um, and take advantage of some numbers. Um, but yeah, short corner, uh, you got to have a player that can be a playmaker out of that spot. Uh, they're looking to score first, they're looking for their teammate diving, and then they're looking for skip. I love it. And one thing that um, is, is really key when you get the basketball to the short corner that I know I've had trouble coaching against is we get the basketball to the short corner and then the other team has their high post player and they dive that high post player. And a lot of times because the, the short corner is being defended by the bottom guy in the one, three, one, and the high post is guarded by the middle player in the one through one, they dive, they take that player with them. If they don't, quick pass, boom, there's the layup. But as that player starts to go down with the offense players cutting from the high post, we immediately fill that spot with a cutter generally from the weak side. And so now it's, I've caught it in the short corner. Can I take in kind of that dunker spot type area? Can I go up strong? I have my cutter from the high post going down and then I'm immediately looking for the, the new cutter coming through, filling the open gap near the high post. Essentially, you're, you're overloading the box, the paint. And it's just really tough because if you imagine the locations of a one-three-one zone, well, that's not how the one-three-one zone is, is meant to be played. Um, and so that can be a really effective way to do it. And as you talked about kind of that brush screen, a legal screen, um, if you do it right, you can really cut from the high post and you kind of look like you're open, but you're just getting in the way and trying to keep contact with the defender to root them out of there. And then you just bring another uh, cutter right through into that open area. And that could almost be uh, a quick pass that's even five feet in front of the rim instead of going all, all the way to the elbow. I mean, that's an easy, easy bucket if you, if you do it well. And I speak firsthand because we've been hurt We've been hurt that way. And we were saying, hey, that's a moving screen. That's offensive foul. And the ref's like, what are you talking about, coach? He was moving. He had his hands up. He was, you know, calling for the ball. And, you know, I, I can't I can't argue with with that explanation, even though I know that wasn't the purpose that the other coach was was using for us either. Um, that's phenomenal stuff. Some of the other things that I wanted to mention real quick with this was you're teaching your players the why of what you're doing instead of go here, go here, go here. You have some really good quick hitters in the course and are great. Every coach wants some of those things, 
But if you can teach the concepts, right, the principles that of how to attack zone defense, now your players are just going to start to be able to read and see things. It takes more time as a coach in the beginning, but it's a heck of a lot more fun and effective once they get it, right? Definitely. Um, yeah, if you can have the concepts, the principles, um, you can apply them and implement them into whatever offense you're running against a one, three, one, or you can tell a player, maybe that isn't a great shooter, but you know, it's kind of what I would define as a garbage man. They play inside or, you know, they get offensive rebounds. They are thick. You're going to say you want to screen the bottom of the zone and unseal. All right. That's all you're going to do this possession. And that's, you're going to look for a teammate and you're going to tell them, Hey, run, run to the corner. I'm going to screen the bottom of the zone. All right. And they don't have to remember a play. They remember screening the bottom of the zone. They remember posting up. They're going to remember crash the boards when a shot goes up and you're kind of making it a little easier on them um, instead of having to, for them to remember a play um, necessarily out of a quick hitter. But yeah, those, those principles, um, those concepts, and the more you can do that, you can kind of tweak them to um, your preference as far as your, your zone offense. Absolutely. And a, a couple other things for our coaches and, and for you to pass along to your players when it comes to playing against the 1-3-1 or any type of zone defenses, I would say push the ball before the defense gets set, get it up, see what you have. As you mentioned before, can you engage multiple defenders, engage two defenders? You got to have a plan for rebounding, right? In a zone defense, you're not matched up with somebody specifically. So, so that's key. And I think you, you've mentioned to me before, even like if you can get an offensive rebounder to around the nail area and then the weak side really covering essentially that kind of half, almost half of the basket, that's where most shots are gonna, gonna go to the, the middle, especially um, I saw a statistic that the, the rebounding area percentages have changed because of the increase in three-point shots. Now, if you've seen that diagram or not, maybe you're the one that sent it to me. Um, but because the a lot of shots are taken farther away from the basket, that's led to more rebounds that are happening uh, kind of a couple feet inside of where the free throw line is. Whereas before, they were almost always weak side rebounds on either side. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. So if you can get a rebound or two around the nail area and then spray the spray the weak side, that's key. Patience is huge. Te teams get can get frustrated. And when they get frustrated, they'll, they'll take ill-advised poor shots. You're right in the hands of, of the defense if you do that. As you also talked about, ball reversals are key. Um, staying spaced is essential. And then... One thing that I mentioned before, you never want to over dribble, but you really don't want to over dribble against a zone. I mean, if, if you have a high level ball handler against a man and maybe they have the tendency to dribble a lot, but eventually it kind of leads to them breaking down the defense. Okay. You don't want it, but you can live with it. But that's, that's generally not going to be the case for effective offense against the zone at all. And so over dribbling, you got to cut that. It's it's space, pace, move, if you want to have a chance uh, to be an effective zone offense type team. Um, so coaches, as you're listening to this, we hope that we gave you just a, a peek at a, a few things that you can do to be successful against the one one three one zone. 
Um, I'll let Coach Tro break down a couple more things, but I really want you to, if you're interested, check out the link in the bio. Uh, Coach Troshak has put together 35 plus minutes of uh, video presentation, breaking down the court diagrams, eight great principles that you can apply with your team to attack zone offense, specifically one, three, one, another awesome PDF of the concepts and every coach wants, wants a couple quick hitters in their bag. Cause you got another set of PDFs for that. So coach, is there anything that you want to add or mention in what we're trying to provide with the coach's edge in this zone offense course in particular? Not too much. I think you nailed it. And I was glad, glad that you brought up those points because um, I go over a little bit of rebounding, um, you know, transition is huge in it, you know, not dribbling. Those are all great points that I think if a coach were to listen to this podcast, they kind of get the understanding of what we're talking about. But then when they really dive into the PDFs in the video, it's kind of going to all encompassing, like, oh, put it together for them. And it'll really, you know, hit home and they'll be able to understand um, everything we've discussed here um, today. And like we mentioned, um, we're trying to give you, you know, I'm not, I don't want to just give you a bunch of set plays to run because I feel like you can almost look those up and out. We're giving you principles and things that sometimes are often forgot because coaches, even myself included, have this, you know, uh, issue problem was when we go against zone, the first thing we do is, all right, well, we're going to run this play, this play, this play, and this play. And we forget about the principles that we need to look at. Um, simple principles as engaging two defenders, simple principles as you're rebounding. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, you can run play after play after play. You're probably going to run out at some point. You're going to have to rely on those principles. That's what's going to win you games. Um, you know, a lot of games are probably going to be one on the glass against the zone or, you know, just the concept of we want to puncture the middle. So the more you can emphasize principles and concepts um, against like maybe a, a zone defense, the better off you're going to be. And you got to have the players have some freedom against the one, three, one, which goes back into the principles and concepts that you're talking about. It's so easy to just say, Hey, we're going to run play X and then play Y and then play Z all one thing, just one thing has to go wrong. And then because you've made your players robots, they're going to struggle. You got to be able to play against the zone. And the only way that you can play against the zone is really doing a lot of things that you broke down in this podcast and in your video presentation. So that's, that's awesome stuff. I think that's why we make a good team is because you, you really see the game from, you know, the strategy and the placement on the court in the same way that I see the game from an individual player development standpoint. Um, and, and so I think that's been a big advantage for a lot of our coaches member, edge members One as well. Thing, so coach, coach interrupt you. go ahead. I know there's probably a coach out there that's going to get, you know, the one, three, one package and they're going to go, well, how do I run this without without calling a play? Cause I struggled with that first. Like how do I have a shallow cut to the corner without, how do I tell my guy to uh, screen the bottom without telling them? Um, a couple things. One is you kind of like I hit on earlier, you give that guy the responsibility. You're, you're screening the, the bottom of the zone. You just tell them that when they enter the game. Well, that's their job. That's their responsibility. Another thing is in practice, gamify it. Uh, we were on um, a you know, coaching roundtable last week, and we talked about gamifying drills. So you can tell them any time they score out of the short corner, 
it's double points. So guess what? Players are going to go to the short corner without you having to go, we're running, you know, South Carolina, which means short corner, you know, they're going to go there and then they're going to really start, you know, the light bulbs are going to hit. Oh, when we get to the short corner, this will look, or you can say, um, we're going to, you know, anytime we um, cycle two cutters through, it's double points if we make a shot. Um, so that's just a way to gamify it and um, apply these principles in practice without having to call out a play. Because I know some coach probably can look at this and go, how do I get my players to do this without me telling them each play that this is what they're supposed to do? Uh, I, I agree one, 100%. And don't be afraid of putting some of those maybe more skilled players closer to the basket at times. And some of the players that you would traditionally keep closer to the basket, maybe you're bringing them into some some different spots. Because again, it's not a man-to-man -man defense. It's a, it's a zone defense. And so look at your team and the pieces that you have and say, okay, if we put these pieces in these different locations or have certain responsibilities, as you mentioned, that's gonna give us uh, the best chance to, to be effective. And you're not gonna get good at zone offense unless you practice it. So you may be a hardcore man-to-man -man defense type team, but you should still practice against zone, right? Because you got to get that look, right? It's not just about what you do defensively, learn to play against the, with the zone offense, throw those things in. Maybe you don't have much time. Well, put your, you know, bottom five players in, they're playing one, three, one, right? Just like a scout team would at the college level. And maybe you have your, your seven best players and they're just working on what they're going to do offensively, but you're not going to get good at it unless you practice it, unless you emphasize it, um, gamifying it with, with different point values to make certain, you know, shallow cuts, short corner baskets, overload baskets, screen certain sides. Um, I love it. Uh, it's fantastic stuff. Coach, thanks for taking the time to jump on the Coach's Edge podcast again. Um, I know you are now officially in, in season, so we wish you the best of luck. Thanks, Coach. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. Coach, thank you so much for listening to this episode on 131 Offense. I hope that you find it beneficial. I hope that there's something in here that you can take away and apply to your team. If you're not interested in the 131 course, that's cool. I would ask that you would go and leave a positive rating and review, especially if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts. That's a great way that we can grow the Coach's Edge grow the Coach's Edge podcast as we try to continue to teach, share, and learn the game to as many people as we possibly can. Again, thank you for listening and have a great day.